to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello, welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. I'm Shachar Erez and my co-host Ziv Raviv cannot join us today. He's on vacation, having fun with his family. But I'm super excited to have Dr. Kim with us. Dr. Kim is the president of Awesome Marriage and leads a counseling center in Oklahoma City. He's been married over 50 years and has two married children and five grandchildren. He's ordained and has PhDs and he's been working with couples for almost 40 years. Super excited to have you with us, Dr. Kim. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited about what you are doing, what the two of you are doing, and excited to spend some time with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about Awesome Marriage? Sure. Uh, we started Awesome Marriage in 2011, and it was kind of started with uh, a church that was here that was doing a lot of online church things. They were getting a lot of questions about marriage, and so we were th- they were just trying to figure out ways to reach people, it was through, especially through this online platform. And so I brainstormed with them, and we came up with the idea of Awesome Marriage, and we actually first launched it through a Facebook page. And on that page, at that time, I think Facebook was probably about 500 million, so it was it was a while back, but it was where a lot of people were, and we wanted to be where people were, and it was where a lot of people were having marriage troubles because that was a time when people were saying, you know, they were connecting with old boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff on Facebook. So that's where we launched. And from there, uh, we've grown. We have a um, weekly podcast that comes out every week, the Awesome Marriage Podcast. We have started this year a, a podcast for men called A Better Man. Uh, Pastor Colby Taylor and I are on that, and uh, we do that. comes out once a month. And both those are available on iTunes. One of the things that I think that, that guys have really liked that we do, and it's, called, it's our one thing email. And it's one thing, it's a short thing you can do every day for your marriage. And the purpose is to help guys focus on your marriage. And it's for women too. But I think for guys, a lot of times we just don't know what to do that to help our marriage. We want to do something. And so this gives you something that's easy to do, practical, and makes a difference over time. And so we've had great feedback from guys on that. Uh, we have a lot of videos on our channel on YouTube. We have a lot of things. We try to cover just about every subject that couples would have problems with and individuals have trouble with. The other thing that has done really well that we have, we have about 30 plans on the YouVersion Bible app. And uh, those are on marriage relationships. And we've got, I think, over 100 and, or a million, 500,000 completions on that. So people have really liked, liked that. So we, our goal is always to be where people are. If they're on social media, we want to be there. If they're on the internet, we want to be there. If they're looking on YouTube, we want to be there. We want to go where people are because, you know, we all need help with our marriages. And sometimes we just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have such a big impact. I'm really inspired by that. What got you so passionate about this, about couples and relationships and marriage? I think that counseling, counseling had a lot to do with it, Shahar. I think it's the things that I see in counseling and helping people work through things, whether it's just communication or conflict resolution, or it's after an affair or pornography or whatever it is. And then thinking, okay, if we have a a ministry type that goes out, we can reach so many more people. Now, is it exactly the same as one-on-one counseling? Probably not, but we can give a lot, we can help a lot of people 
wherever they are in, in situations through the things that we do with awesome marriage. And that was our goal is to reach as many people as we could. And that's, you know, I can only see so many people every week in the counseling center. Through yeah, awesome I, marriage, we're able to reach thousands and thousands of people every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I relate to that very much. As a couples uh, therapist, I can see sure. just a limited amount of people. And so much of the counseling is actually psychoeducation, which yes. we can teach through podcasts and uh, emails and all the other media outputs that you mentioned earlier. That's great. So, so, so recently you published a book, right? 14. Uh, yeah, this is second book, 14 Keys to Lasting Love, that came out uh, just about a little over a year ago. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Can you mention some of the keys? Sure. Um, you know, out of the 14 keys, you know, the ones that I think that people have, have really responded to well, uh, one of them is uh, wearing their shoes, and it's on empathy. I think that's something that our wives probably usually do better than we do. They, they're more relational. And mm-hmm. so helping guys, okay, how do you become empathetic? How do you, how do you put your, yourself in your wife's shoes? Talking about addictions, and I think addictions in our culture and probably most cultures around the world right now cause problems. We think of alcohol and drugs, but there's all kinds of addictions. We've got addictions with video games. We have addictions with social media. We have so many other kinds of addictions that we deal with now, in addition to pornography. I think making your spouse your best friend is one that was, has really people have responded to. I, I think it's something that most of us, when we go into marriage, think, well, yeah, I want my spouse to be my best friend. But I don't think over a time of a marriage, a lot of people do that well. And so helping people become a best friend with their spouse. Sexual relationship is always popular. You know, uh, the topic in here is, is, is about sex and how often and those kind of things. And so those are some of the ones I think that people have really resonated with and they're pretty much things that i see consistently in the counseling center too yeah yeah you know the research by uh, dr gottman says that the the foundation of the house of the sound relationship house is is friendship and i totally agree with that i feel that i see that long-term relationship needs a base of of strong friendship so give us some tips. How do we strengthen that? How do you, how do you develop that? Yeah, because I, I totally agree. I, I think, you know, when I, when I do premarital counseling with a couple and, you know, we're always, they're always talking about how much in love they are. And so I'll, usually I'll go, but do you like each other? And they kind of look at me funny. But that's kind of where that friendship is because we all know the, the feelings of love can go up and down over a marriage relationship. That doesn't mean you don't love the person, but just the ups and downs of life. But if you really like someone, if they're really your best friend, then it's so much easier to go through things together. So for me, I think it's helping people see that, that they're stronger with the two of them, that whatever they face in life, they need to be facing it side by side, facing the problem instead of letting the problem come between them. And I think that happens a lot. And so when we, when we change that around and we're just facing a problem together, then we begin to look at that like we're a team. And... And, and I think being a team is, is an um, important concept for a couple that, that we're in this deal together. And so when, when you come to the point and realize your spouse isn't your enemy, they're not your adversary, they are someone that you chose and they chose to do life with. And so I think we help couples get that concept. And then you build that friendship by spending time together. There's nothing short of, of you know, people say, well, can we do that really quick? And I, I don't think you can. I think you've got to spend that time together. We encourage couples to have a time every day that they just sit down and touch base. And it doesn't have to be that long. It can be 15 minutes or 10 minutes, but just make sure you're connecting in some way. And then to, to have date nights consistently. And then one of the things that I think is so important for once or twice a year 
for a couple to just have a getaway, no friends, no kids, just the two of them going away. And you, and you know, if it's a budget thing, go somewhere that, that's not expensive. If you can spend a little more, do that. But it doesn't matter as much where you go. It's just taking that time to be together and being intentional about it. And I think, I think what happens so much in the world we live in today, we're so busy and we get intentional about a lot of things. Maybe it has to do with our business, our career, things that are, are good things. They're not like we're out there doing bad things, but then we're not as intentional about building our marriage. And so we try to help people say, put that same effort into your marriage as you do in your work. You're going to have a great marriage. Yeah. And what you and I talked about before we went on the air, if you've got a great marriage, most of the time your, your work's going to be better too. Yeah. Your work's going to be better. Your health's going to be better. Other relationships are going to be better. It's really the main relationship in, in life and it affects all sorts of, all, all, other type, all other sides of life. It does. It's kind of that ripple effect. You know, when we throw a rock in the middle of the pond and the ripples out, it's the same way. If your marriage is that rock and then the ripples out, the other relationships, your work, so things that that affects in a positive way. Plus, you've built yourself a really good marriage. And that's it's pretty nice to have someone to go through life with that you really enjoy being with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, many, I wonder if that's the same for you, but for me, most of the couples that call me, they, they complain about communication problems. Yes. Yeah? I, I, yeah, I, I think communication problems. I think women are so much more relational. We all know. I mean, you know, I, I think I heard James Dobson years ago say that, that men, women have, 50,000 words a day, they say, and men have 25,000. And by the time they get home, they're done. And the wife still has a bunch of words left, you know? And so I think we have to value that in our wives because I learned a lot about being relational about communication from my wife because she was very, very good at communication. And so I think we can learn that from our wives. And I think it's just making that effort. And it's, it's not that difficult. Just talk about your day. Ask your spouse about their day. Ask your spouse about what was the best thing that happened to you today? What's something that you would have liked to have done different today? You know, there's just little questions, open-ended questions that you can ask to get some regular communication started. The biggest thing I see the problem with communication, though, is listening. And I think, I think most of us don't listen real well most of the time. And so there's a research I saw that said you can listen five times faster than someone can speak. So if my wife's talking I've got a lot of extra time. I got to figure out what I want to do with my, what I need to do is to focus on what she's saying so I can respond. So I can say, yes, I agree with that. Or I can ask her a question about it. But if I'm thinking about what I'm going to do as soon as she quits talking and then she asked me something, I have no idea what she was talking about. And that does, it does a lot of damage. And so I think what I hear mainly from wives is that he doesn't, it may be communication that he's not talking enough, but then when I talk, he's not listening well. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that, I think it shows love. I think it shows care. I think it shows our wives that we want, that they are important to us. When we can say that if Nancy's talking about something, my wife talking about something that's important to her, I, I like to sit down face to face with her. I, I like to be able to look her in the eyes. Then I don't get distracted by, I can get distracted just like everybody else. But, but when I'm focused on her, and I can really hear what she's saying. And it makes all the difference in the world. We can have a 10-minute conversation and maybe she just poured her out or talked about something. But if she knows I listened, she walks up and she's happy. I mean, she's said, well, my husband just listened to me. Yeah. And it's not that hard. Yeah. And it's really nourishing. It's so nourishing. And it's just, it's just deciding how important that is. You know, one thing that, that I was talking to someone about recently, you know, when I got decided what I wanted to do and that I, 
and I, I loved going to school. So I ended up going to grad school for quite a while for a couple of degrees, but that was so I could do what I could do. And that's so I could spend time with people and help them in the best way I can. Most people don't put that kind of effort into marriage. You know, if you, if you put the same type of effort into our careers, we did into marriage, I don't think we'd have it near the divorce rate that we have. But it's like we think, okay, marriage, that, that's no problem. I, I'm, I'm a man, she's a woman. We like each other. So we'll just get together and get married. And but they don't realize how much effort goes into a good marriage, but also how much joy comes out of putting that effort in when, when you both are working on it together. Yeah, I agree with that, that marriage takes effort, but it's actually way less effort than we put into our careers. It's just being nice to each other and friendly and <laughs> yeah. curious. I tell people all the time, Char, I tell them that it's not rocket science. You know, it's not that at heart. It's pretty simple. It's just really, it's kind of like the golden rule of treating people like you want to be treated. And you're doing that with your spouse day in and day out. And if you just do that, you know, if I treat Nancy like I want to be treated, I'm not going to raise my voice at her. I'm, I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to value her. I'm going to be kind to her. I'm going to ask her what she wants to do, ask her where she wants to go eat. I'm going to do those things. And if what I find when I do those things, it makes a a lot easier for her to do those things back for me. Yeah, yeah, it creates this uh, generosity cycle. Yes, yes. So, so you were talking about listening and, I, and you know, I'm thinking about the guys I know and, and I, I see two challenges, two main challenges. One is that guys tend to listen to fix, you know, they yes. try to fix a problem. They try to give an advice. That's one issue I, I'd like you to yes. respond on. And then another is I find that guys sometimes are afraid of listening to their wives because they feel kind of helpless. They kind of, you know, there's an issue there. They're afraid to get flooded. I'm not sure what's the issue. Do you have any insight into that? Yeah, let's talk about the fix it first because I, I think we are kind of wired that way. I mean, as guys, we, we, you know, in our work, most of us can go in and, and make a difference. We can fix something. I think our wives, sometimes they want us to fix it, I think, but most of the time they just want us to listen and, and be there for them. And, and so one of the things that, again, I was a fixer, still am, I still can jump to that, but somewhere in our marriage, we decided that when Nancy, Nancy's going to let me know what she needs from me. So if she wants to talk about something important, see, I just need you to listen to this. That helps me so much. I can listen, I can hold her, I can get her a Kleenex if she gets teary, you know, whatever that is. And if she wants me to help her process something or think through it or fix it, she tells me that helps a lot. And so I think if, if your spouse isn't quite there yet, maybe you ask her, what, just, okay, what do you need me to do? I'm willing to do whatever you want. You need me just to listen to you today. Do you need me to help you fix it? Let me know and I'll be there to do that. Because usually I think as a guy, we jump in and want to fix it. And then, okay, that's done. Sit over here and I'll go conquer something else. Yeah. And at the other thing you said about afraid of talking, can you give me a little more an idea of what, what you're think, hearing from people? I think uh, guys are afraid they don't know how to listen or they're afraid their wife is going to talk too much and they're going to get flooded and not know how to respond. I would say take the risk and, and, and listen. And then you can begin to talk to your spouse about that. I think the first step is letting her know you do care enough to spend some time and listen. Then I think you can work on refining that later with her. Does that make sense? You know, and, hey, I, I love talking to you, but last night you talked, I think you talked about two and a half hours without taking a breath. And can we talk about 
there's more interaction, you know, something there that can kind of get us in more effective communication. But I do think sometimes guys are, and maybe there's certain topics we feel like our wives know more about than we do. I think when most of us realize our wives are, do know probably a little bit more about relationships than we do. And so sometimes there's some topics like that that seem kind of scary to us. But, you know, I don't think our wives expect us to be experts on everything. I think they just want us to be their husband and their best friend and to listen to them. And so what I would say is just try it, try listening, see what happens, get some dialogue going. And if it needs to be refined, you can refine it over time. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So, so you talked earlier about empathy. Mm. I'm not sure everybody knows what is empathy. Can you talk a little bit about I that? I think the thing that helped me understand it the most is, is like, what does this look like from Nancy's perspective. And so I may look at something one way and she looks at it totally different. You know, maybe, maybe we get invited to go out to dinner with some people and it's something that, you know, I, um, uh, not real crazy about the people. I'm not really want to go that much. I'd rather kind of think about not going. Can we get out of this deal? But then I tried to look at it from her perspective. Well, in that group is her best friend even though I don't get along, I mean, not that I don't get along with the girl's husband, but it's not, not somebody I'd choose to hang out with. But I look at it from her perspective. I know she wants that, empathize with that and say, hey, I'm going to go and not only just go, I'm not going to go and sit there like a bump on log. I'm going to go there and I'm going to engage and talk because that's important to her. And so I think empathy is making something important to you that's important to your spouse. It's kind of like walking in their shoes. I think just what does this look like from our spouse? Because Every couple's different. Male, female were different. Life experience were different. Family of origin were different. All those kind of things that affect us. And so it's so many times I think as guys we think, why is she thinking that? Or that's or that's not that's not right. What what's wrong with her? Why is she thinking that? But that's her perspective. And so the more we can validate that and let her know that, yeah, I may not agree. I might not even understand, but I know that's where you are and I accept that and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you in that situation or to understand better. Because I think a lot of times as guys, we have a tendency to just kind of push some things aside that really could make a difference if we make them important to us. Yeah. So validate her perspective. How do you do that? Like the example I gave about going to dinner, what I finally did, I said, you know, you know, I don't want to go, but I know this is important to you. So I just want you to know, because it's important to you, I want to do it. This isn't to get points. It's just, I want to make something important to me that's important to you. And I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to enjoy it. And I just want you to be able to relax and have a good time with your friends. Yeah, That I think is the validation. It's not only doing it, but it, it's letting her know that I am making important to me because it's important to her. Yeah, what I hear is that you're not just doing it as a favor and then sitting there like a victim, you're actually engaging, you're actually yes, making it. Yeah, because if I go and then I sit there like a victim, so I don't talk to anybody or that I keep looking at my watch every five minutes, like when is this going to be over? Well, that's not going to go very well. It's going to embarrass her in front of her friends. It's going to not do well for the rest of our night after we get home. And so if I'm going to go, why not have a good time? And I may discover that there's somebody there that I didn't think I would enjoy that I really enjoyed. Yeah, you're doing it for her, but you might, you'll probably have yeah, a good time. So much of it is just our, our attitude when we go into something. You know, sure. if you go in with an attitude, hey, this is, this is an opportunity, what, not one that I would have chosen, but man, I'm going to go make the bed. But, and, and I think most of the time in those situations, I, after the end of an evening or something like that, I'm able to say, I'm kind of glad I went on that. That was good. I enjoyed that. 
Yeah. And I know it. I, and I, and I love seeing her have a good time. So yeah. when I can look across the table and she's having fun, that's, that's a big payoff for me. Yeah. That's such a, a good point. I think that's true for most men that we really enjoy when our spouse is shining. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I, and you know, there's times I've looked across the table at her and think, man, I would just like go there and grab her and kiss her right now. You know, I'm just, she's happy and she looks beautiful and just, you know, just that glow kind of like you see when a woman just kind of lights up. Yeah. 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 So what about sex? <laughs> <laughs> Something in the glow, you know, it reminded me of there's that. There's a glow. And you, uh, you know, there's a myth. You probably know that there's a myth that after marriage, sex gets worse. Passion goes down. I think it does for a lot of people. I don't think it has to. I, I think, um, in fact, it's funny, Nancy and I are talking this afternoon and we've always had a good sex life. And I said, you seem to be enjoying the whole atmosphere around sex better than you did. And she said, well, it's not like when we were first married, when there's so much passion and we were younger, we got married when we were 20. And, and she said, but there over the years, because our relationships developed, she said, there is a, a depth to our sexual relationship now that has grown and I enjoy very much. So I'm very, probably more than I did a lot of the years of our marriage. And so I think that's a myth. I think you can, it, it's how you treat each other sexually. I think as guys, we've got to, to care about our wives. We've got to see what they like, what they want. Most guys, our boundaries or what we think is okay in sex are different than our spouse. And so we have to stay at, I think, at their comfort level. And if we do that, maybe they're willing to try something else at some time. But but I think the whole thing is, is just taking time with it, learning to enjoy each other, learning about each other. You know, guys hate to admit it, but, you know, when I got married, I wasn't an expert on the female body. I mean, I, I kind of thought I was. I mean, I looked at Playboy magazine, you know, I bet, you know, so that was, yeah, I, that wasn't great education. And so I, I learned that even if you know about women, you don't know about this woman. And so to learn what, what she likes, what she doesn't like, what's important to her in the sexual, taking time for the sexual relationship, taking time sometimes to have, uh, you know, make them special, maybe take a shower or bath together or massage or things like that, but just enjoying each other in that. And there's times for, for faster sex. I mean, you know, when you've got kids, sometimes you have to be creative, you know, and okay, they're watching a 30 minute TV show. So we got 30 minutes, so, you know, <laughs> go. Uh, but I think the whole thing with sex is, is that it really is a gift that we're given in marriage. And I think it can develop in marriage in ways that it can't develop outside of that because there is a commitment, there's an intimacy level that can develop in marriage that doesn't just develop outside of marriage. And yeah. so I think that's where the difference comes in. And I think the couples that I see that have successful sexual relationship, they would say most of their marriage and continue to, or even when they hit a bump, they cover it's, they've been very intentional about it. And they've, then they've gone with the changes. You know, there are times when, you know, when Nancy went through menopause, that was something we had to kind of adjust to and figure out, but we, we did it together. And I wasn't sitting there saying, okay, when are you going to be through with this? You know, it was like, okay, how, how can I help you through this? And how do we go through this together? And, and I think when you do that, you develop a sexual relationship that becomes very valuable. I, I tell guys that struggle with pornography and some things like that, if you invest that time in your spouse and in your sexual relationship, you're going to build something that at some point you realize that pornography is not even attractive to me anymore. It's repulsive to me because this is what sex really is. That isn't, that's a cheaper imitation, but this is really what sex was designed to be. And once you get there, you know, I think it only, it, 
it helps affair proof your marriage because you, I don't want to give up that for some unknown thing. And the grass, grass is greener where you water it. And so if you water it there, it's going to get really nice and green. That's beautiful. I hear you talk about curiosity and about playfulness and about uh, growing together, changing together as time passes and we evolve and we change and we get older and how that creates this uh, special kind of depth that only a long-term committed relationship uh, can give. Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier about the, the divorce rate you were kind of talking about in the Bay Area and, and, and certainly it's high most places in the United States, honestly. But I, I just, when I see a couple that gets married and then they get divorced in two years, five years, I, I'm one, I hate divorce anyway, but I know that they're never going to get to experience what we're experiencing because a lot of that comes through going through life together, facing hardships together, learning how to raise kids together, developing your sexual relationship. And it takes time to do that it where you are. And if, if you, divorce early, you, you miss that chance. To yeah. me, that's uh, something you never get back. And so yeah. guys that aren't married, you know, pick well, do premarital counseling, do all the things right going into it, and then make, be committed. We're going to make this work for the rest of our lives together. And you, if you do that, unless there's some extenuating senses, you're never going to regret that. Never going to regret that at all. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, so, so you talked about a little bit about the lack of education, of sexual education we get, and a little bit about porn pornography, which these days, you know, it's the, that's the education that uh, especially men, but generally people get about sex, and it's uh, an awful education. It doesn't portray a real picture. Or there's no intimacy. I find that it's becoming a problem, porn pornography. It is a problem, and I... And I think it's, you know, I don't think it's, it's not something that's going to go away. You know, we, we hope COVID virus goes away at some point, but pornography is not going to go away. It's going to be here. And so it's, as a man, we have to figure out how to, how do we deal with that? You know, what do we choose to look at? What, how do we safeguard ourselves? Because it's everywhere, you know, and you can, you can be, I can be on the internet researching something for a, a project or a talk. And you put in the wrong word and you got something in front of you right there. And you've got to decide then, what do you do with that? Do you click it off or do you keep looking at it? And so I think we even can stumble into things at times. But I think if you make a commitment, and some guys, there's an addiction. We've, you know, there, there are certainly pornography addictions. And I would just encourage guys, if they feel that's their problem, to get some help, to get somebody that can help you work through that addiction. The guys that I've worked with that have the addiction, most of them, I would say price started at a young age and most of that was either they were exposed to it by a big brother a friend somebody's dad that they spent the night with and they found his stash of pornography and man when you're 13 14 15 or maybe younger and exposed to that you don't know what to do with that and it, it but it burns those images into your mind and so I, th I think we have to take it seriously what I hear women say when I work with a couple where the guys been addicted to pornography or is addicted to pornography is the main thing I've heard over and over and over. Why does he look at that when he's got me? So a wife really personalizes it. She takes it very personal. I, I don't think most guys mean it personal. I think it's just a, an escape. I think it's a, something that they've kind of probably before marriage had got used to doing just to, for whatever reason. But in marriage, your wife takes it very personal. She wants to be 
your one and only. And to her, a lot of women think, well, that's just the same as he had an affair. He's looking at some picture of whatever. And, and, you know, that's just like an affair to a wife. And so I think understanding how it affects our wives, I think sometimes helps a lot. If it's an addiction, get the help you need. But I think it's just, you know, putting the safeguards on your, on your mobile devices, on your computer, protect yourself as much as you can. And then, you know, one of the things that I heard my pastor say probably five or six years ago, and I really liked it because he works out a lot. He goes to the gym. I go to the gym a lot. Uh, he looks a lot better than I do for going to the gym, but you know, whatever. But he said he's learned to bounce his eyes. And I, I love that. It's like when a woman that, because sometimes at a gym, women aren't dressed, you know, they don't have a lot of clothes on sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he said, just learn to bounce your eyes. You can't stop something coming in your field of vision, but you can choose what you do with that. You can look away or you can stare at that person, or you can visually undress her or things like that. But if you bounce your eyes, then you're back off to something that's not going to get you into trouble. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. And I find that not just porn addiction, generally addictions are, are really common. Addictions, bad yes. habits, they're common and they're, they're not like an affair, but they have a flavor of a lover. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, something that you do yep. kind of outside of the marriage. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I like the word. I think some of that does become almost like a habit, you know? And so I, I think, so I think one of my favorite books coming out the last few years is, is Atomic Habits. And, and he talks about how do we change those habits? And so I think in those situations, it's really just being very intentional about changing those habits. Instead of looking at porn, I look at something else or I read or I go jog or I, do something else instead until I build that habit into my life and leave this habit over here. And I think if there's not an addiction, guys, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because we're big into, we're big into habits and creating, even in the marriage, creating healthy habits that support the marriage, just like the ones you mentioned earlier, like the date night and uh, spending time every day together and all sorts of good habits that uh, support our communion, support our intimacy. Yeah. And I would say, sometimes I suggest those things to a guy, and you've probably had the same experience, that it's almost becomes for some guys, it's a checklist. Well, okay, I got to do those three things every day or something like that. But it, what, I, what you want to do is come up with the attitude of, I'm investing in your, my marriage. I, this is going to, I mean, you can even say it's going to pay off because it will. You know, if you go in and give yourself, your wife knows if you're just sitting there for 15 minutes because you're supposed to every day. But if you're there and you're really listening to her and you're telling her something that happened in your day that was funny, that kind of thing, then you begin to get, get some good out of that too. You know, yes, we're doing it, I think, because our wives want us to, but you'll, you'll learn to enjoy that time too. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Kim. This has been a really packed uh, interview with so much practical wisdom. I really appreciate that. How do people connect to your wisdom? How do people find you? <laughs> uh, awesomemarriage.com is uh, where most of our stuff is. You can find me at Kim Kimberling on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and uh, just about any social media. You can find me there. Uh, the one thing email that I mentioned, it's easy to sign up for that. It's just one thing dot email and you can sign up. It's free. And you can get that every day. You can get it in an email and you can get it in a text. So either, either way, that's available. And then just uh, Dr. Kim at awesomemarriage.com. And I, and I answer my emails. It's not, you know, if you email me, you're going to. And so in, until we get 
too big where I can't do that. I, I love doing that. So when someone emails me, I do everything I can. To, in fact, on the book I'm just finishing that's going to come out probably next year, I put my email address in it. And I just said, you know, if, if you email me, I'm going to email you back. And I feel that way. You know, God's given me some abilities. I want to help people with their marriages and relationships. And I want to be available to people as much as I can. Wow, and we would like the one thing we'd love to have for you. We've got a, uh, some great resources. We've got a couple really good ones for men. Uh, I'd love to make one of those available to your listeners and I can get that to you and you can uh, pass that on and let people some things that we, we do a monthly resource at Awesome Marriage. And sometimes it's for couples together. Sometimes it's for the men. Sometimes it's for the wives. But a couple of ones that with men, they've really liked. And so I'll send you one of those to use. That's great. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. And we'll put it um, on, uh, with the episode, with this episode as a bonus. We'll also put links to awesomemarriage.com and to onething.email, you said? Yeah, am I right? Yes. Onething.email. Onething.email. All right. Thank you so much. And then, the, yeah, it's been great. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, it was great to spend time with you today uh, across, the, across the world. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.